Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Tony Basilio. This is your Tony Basilio Show, Beano Jeff Henderson. It really ought to be called the Beano Jeff Henderson Show or the Brian Hartman Show. Good morning, fellas. How we doing? Good morning, Tony Bay. Happy New Week to you and Brownie Boy. Happy New Week. Good happy morning, happy Tony. Major League Baseball season. And welcome back, Baseball Vols. For the first time in 2023, look like the Baseball Vols again under the last several years of Tony Vols. So, um, and the NCAA tournament, guys, let's, let's park here. And Gentry Estes is going to join us. All some thoughts on this. But the um, the... Basketball season is wild child. According to The Athletic, The Athletic, Austin Mock says the following. The Final Four roster of UConn, Miami, San Diego State, and Florida Atlantic had a collective 1 in 125,000 chance to make it this far. For those of you keeping score at home, that's point zero. Zero zero nine percent. Let me read that again. Point zero 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 nine percent. None of the four teams, numbers one, two, or three, none of those, none of those seeds are alive. In the sixty-four and sixty-eight team bracket era. Number one seeds have won the title 24 out of 37 years. And Tony Basilio is here to declare hot take number one today. Not even a hot take. Observation. That in the spirit of what we thought was going to kill mid-major basketball, the one-and-done era, or not the one-and-done era, but the free movement era, is actually going to hurt major college basketball a lot more than it's going to hurt mid-major basketball. And here's a conclusion I've come to, and I'll see if Bino, Jeff, and Brian agree in light of the tournament we just saw. First of all, seeds don't matter anymore. Seeding is uh, seeding is is passe, and you will see 15s beat twos regularly moving forward. 14s beat threes, 13s over fours, 12s over fives. Used to be 12s over fives, 13s over fours. Hey, whoop de do. You're going to see 15s and 16s win win games now. Here's why. The teams at the top of the sport are going to destabilize themselves, crawling all over each other, trying to get players. And in the process, what they're going to do is they're going to create a system where there are no teams anymore. It's a collection of players. And I think that's what you've seen in this tournament. Versus a Florida Atlantic who, till now under Dusty May, have done relatively little. But now Dusty May sitting there with a Final Four team and a team that could all run it back next year if they're all there. And that's the point. San Diego State went out and added one player to an already pretty good team, comes out of a league that had never even been to an Elite Eight, let alone a Final Four, and they're in a Final Four today. And the... The high major teams, the Tennessees, the Alabamas, are left wondering why and when us. When is it going to happen for us? Alabama literally sold their soul this year and couldn't get in out of the round of 16, which is the most Alabama basketball thing maybe of all time. 
Bino, Jeff, I start with you. My belief is that this is the beginning of the norm and not the end of a new beginning. I, I believe this is the beginning of a new norm. Am I wrong? No, I, I think you're right, Tony. I know it's a very small sample size, uh, and uh, we, we may be proven foolish going forward. Maybe it just means too much uh, to the, the power basketball schools uh, to, to let this become the norm, but I, I do believe that the madness, which used to rarely exceeded the first weekend, now will go into the third weekend regularly. Even the one high major that's there, guys, Miami, that comes out of the ACC, now they bought a player, they bought the pack kid, Isaiah Wong's a great player. You know, Isaiah Wong was on the team last year that knocked uh, Miami out and Auburn out. Auburn out last year. And one thing that uh, Nashville Lee said on our Twisted T uh, Bracket Buster uh, special was that when they have Omir and Omir's healthy, they're a different they're a different club. But and then the little guys. The little guys are all to dance. Three teams that have never been there before. Is that not remarkable, guys? And UConn, you know, Kevin Ollie, that seemed like 100 years ago when Herod inherited that job and went on the run. San Diego State's never been there. And, and these teams are bucking, these teams are bucking trends. Um, one of them's a horrendous defensive team. Rick Bonds, are you listening? Miami got there with a terrible defense, but they're 14 on offense. They can score when they want to score. So there are all kinds of lessons. Look, there there are there are lessons here. There are lessons at Kentucky. There are lessons at Alabama. Uh, there are lessons at Texas. There are less. There are lessons for at Kansas. At Duke, at North Carolina, where the future doesn't look as bright as it once did, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, these guys have destabilized their own deal. I, I, I liken it to each year you're playing 13, uh, 13 card poker, and these teams, these coaches throw seven back, six back. Watch it. Five back, six back, seven back. When you're introducing six, seven, eight players into your roster every year, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get a sport that's completely destabilized. And it makes for a great tournament. In my lifetime, Bino, that's the best tournament. That is the best two weeks of basketball I've ever witnessed in my life. Right? The most captivating. And I'll tell you something else. This women's tournament, this gal from Iowa last night, she put on a damn show. Her 42 points against the... Uh, uh, the HV, HLV or HVT or whatever that girl, what's her name, uh, Brian? The girl from, um, that makes everybody mad from Louisville? Haley something? Um, HVL, I think is what they call her. Anyway, that was incredible last night. I mean, the women's game has stars in it. The men's game doesn't have any stars. See, that's the other thing, Bino. We're in an era where Incoming classes used to be the um, used to be the separator, but great article earlier in the month by the guy from ESPN whose name escapes me right now. But there's never been lesser impact had than by uh, 
incoming classes in college basketball. The five-star class this year was a no-show in college hoops for the most part, outside of the kid at Alabama and a few other players. You know, you know, you know uh, Tony, I'm a, a little bit torn here. Yep. Because I agree with you. I think that's the best tournament that I've ever watched. But now it's at the Final Four. Yep. It's almost like it's too much. It, it's too much at once. There's too many of those Cinderella's out there. Now, who, who am I to pull against in this thing? Well, that's, that's why we get to enjoy it. I'm so glad that you know, uh, spackled on my hair won't let me be. This is the you're going to see a first result here because yep. I, I think only two nine seeds have ever made the final four yep. in the history of the 64 team seeding system we have. Yep. And the other one was Wichita State back in 2013, who, by yep. the way, Tennessee beat them last season to back in December. Mm-hmm. And then this year, the nine seed FAU, well, we know what happened there. And a four seed has only won it all one time. That was with Arizona back in 97. And Connecticut's the favorite now. They're the four seed. They're a four seed. And a five seed has never won it all. Well, I'm rooting right now for Florida Atlantic. My position statement on this show is... We could talk about this later, but I want Florida Atlantic to cut them down. Because if not us, let them have it. Let's make a total freaking mockery. F-R-I-C-K-I-N apostrophe. Let's make a freaking mockery out of this thing. If we can't have it, let's make a freaking mockery. And make the, make the uh, Kentucky fans blue with envy of Florida Atlantic. Whose coach makes exactly one about one twenty fifth to one thirtieth of uh, Rick Bonds was was in a process, you know, of getting more bonus money than this guy is going to make for a year of coaching basketball down there at Florida Atlantic. That's the other thing; it is exposed, and it's going to going forward the lie about all these power coaches and all this power money. Because these mid-majors, I'm telling you right now, this this thing is not a fluke today What or this year. It's not. It is not. It is a destabilized, devalued product, major college. But we call it a soft target all year. How soft was that? Beanstar, when we were calling this thing a soft target back in January for the Vols, how soft was it in retrospect? It's like it's like Charmin. Yeah, I, I just never dreamed we would look up and see a Final Four like this. I, I thought we were going to see more madness, which we did, but I never thought we would look up and see a Final Four like this. And I guess my position statement is yep. I enjoyed the first two weeks of the tournament more than I ever have. I'm not sure I'll enjoy the Final Four as much. Well, we, we come back on the other side. Gentry Estes is going to join us. He's written a really interesting piece on Tennessee's exit from the tournament, what we can learn there. Orange Throat today is calling on Rick Barnes to take a public self-assessment of what happened to his basketball team and offer us some answers. Will Rick Barnes do that? I doubt it. Um, And is it even fair to ask him to do that? I don't know. Is Tennessee alone? I don't think so. Is this a major college basketball deal? Yes. Tennessee fan, do do you take hope from what's happened here? I think you should. I think this thing, I, I think it's going to be any, I think it's now more than ever, get into the tournament and roll the dice, baby. Let them roll, baby, roll. Let them roll, baby, roll all night long. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. The City of Columbia invites you to experience Mule Day 2023. Don't miss this annual celebration March 30th through April 2nd. The popular Mule Day Parade takes place Saturday, April 1st at 11 a.m. in downtown Columbia, featuring Grand Marshal Mike Wolf of American Pickers. And Murray County Park is where the endless Mule Day fun is happening with a daily lineup of mule competitions, crafts, foods, live entertainment, and more. Visit muleday.com for details. We're going to talk with our favorite grocer, Mr. Miles Johnson at Foodland, who is on the line. Miles, how are you and the great folks at Foodland today? Oh, we're doing great. How are you? Doing fantastic. I tell you, we're not too far out from Mule Day, that's for sure. So what uh, what specials you got for us this week? All righty. Well, this week we have New York strip steaks, four ninety nine a pound, assorted pork chops, $1.59 a pound, seedless red grapes, $0.99 cents a pound, 24-pack Crystal Springs water, two for seven, and Coca-Cola 12-pack. Two for 13. Wow, that's some good deals as always. And uh, again, you're open uh, seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. right there on West 7th. Uh, very convenient. People can come in and uh, get whatever they need. So, Miles, you have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty, thank you. Thank you, Miles. All right, once again, Miles Johnson from Foodland. They got some great, great deals. Make sure you go check them out. Walk in, they got the uh, flyer right there by the door. Yes, again, Foodland on West 7th. Go check them out. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Fascinating college basketball tournament is underway. Of course, Tennessee got swept up in its undertow, but I suppose that's business as usual. However, there was nothing usual about Tennessee in this year's basketball tournament. I mean, let's think about it here. Tennessee makes it to the Sweet 16 defeating and knocking out an absolute blue blood in Duke. Very few of us gave Tennessee an opportunity in that. Gentry Estes wrote a couple of pieces regarding Tennessee's ouster um, in terms of his coverage with the Tennessean, and Gentry joins us now on the program. And Gentry, uh, you know, I'm sitting here today as you join on the TLD Logistics Hotline online, tldlogistics.com, and I welcome you to our program 
And I think like a lot of Tennessee people, I'm just trying to make sense of what's going on in major college basketball right now in light of the Vols as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you look at this tournament and obviously it's a missed opportunity for a lot of teams, Tennessee being one of them, if they've been able to keep playing. But I think, you know, you also saw Florida Atlantic go on and, and make the Final Four. So uh, do you look at this and say the, the top teams are letting everyone down or the mid-majors are a lot better? And I think you'd say the mid-majors are a lot better. Yeah, I just think they're better equipped. You know, like um, they really handled Tennessee. If you look back on that game in light of the way that Florida Atlantic went on and played in in the last couple of games, that's who Florida Atlantic is. I mean, they, they come out after halftime, and they literally smoked the Vols. Now, Barnes didn't help matters by not taking timeouts, but he's not alone in that. But but he's just not a stop-the-bleeding guy. And, and Tennessee fans, you know, have been so shell-shocked, I guess would be the term, down through the years, or uh, uh, just so fatalistic when it comes to the tournament, waiting for the other shoe to drop, that that, that game just... It fit the narrative historically of what Tennessee hoops has been, but Florida Atlantic was pretty darn good, Gentry. They really were and are. They, they were, and you know, we were up there at Madison Square Garden on on Wednesday, the day before the game, talking. You know, myself and some of the other writers who are covering Tennessee. You know, talking to Florida Atlantic players after their practice, and there was a real tangible confidence there. You know, a lot of a lot of. A lot of comments that made you raise your eyebrows a little bit, saying, you know, they're not going to be, you're talking about Tennessee's physicality, saying they're not going to be anything we hadn't seen before. You know, we're pretty physical ourselves. You know, they, they, I came away from that thinking they're either not at all ready for what they're about to get from Tennessee, or they truly believe that, you know, they, they can handle it and Tennessee could be in trouble and it ended up being the, the second one, I think Florida Atlantic talked it a little bit going into that game. I think some of what they said got Tennessee's attention, and you know what? Florida Atlantic came out and backed it up. They they are, uh, you know, as good as advertised. I think Tennessee saw that, and I think Kansas State saw it too. Yeah, the Golden guy, you know, in, in that Kansas State game, Greenlee gets four fouls, and yet they just keep on playing. Because Elijah Martin's a really nice player. The Boyd kid's a really nice player. John L. Davis, obviously, is an excellent player. But the the European kid, the Goldeen kid, is just phenomenal in that tournament. It was just phenomenal. Just, I mean, what can you say? He's so important to what they do because they spread the floor with four guards at all times. They only play two bigs, and they rotate them in and out. So they won't play. They'll play basically one big at a time, and then spread the rest of it with guards all around, shoot threes, and that's what they want to do. Yep. Uh, but they have to have that guy in the middle, and they have to have him not get in foul trouble, which he was really good about that uh, in the Tennessee game. I think yep. one of the reasons you saw Plopsic get so many touches early in that game was I think it was a desire by Tennessee to try to get that guy in foul trouble and and get him out of the game because if you did manage to do that, that's an entirely different deal for Florida Atlantic. Tennessee wasn't able to do that. Gentry S. just joins us on our TLD Logistics uh, hotline. Bino, Jeff Henderson, jump in here. Gentry with the Tennessean has two really great pieces on Tennessee's ouster from the tournament. Go ahead, Bino. Gentry, re- really appreciate you joining. This is going to be a little bit wordy, but I promise I'm going to get to a question here. Right. Um, one of the paragraphs in the first 
uh, column that I saw you write uh, post uh, post tournament said, uh, "I do know the post game vibe among Tennessee's team wasn't one that wanted to get back out there on the court and keep playing. They were sad, of course, but mostly they just sounded spent." I, I just I, I I read into that that maybe they didn't want to continue to play. Uh, did did I read that wrong? No, I, I mean, I, 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 I think they wanted to continue to play. I mean, they were disappointed. If you go and say, hey, would you rather win or lose? They'd rather win. But sometimes you cover this tournament and you go into a locker room and a team is just devastated. You know, and they would, you just get the sense, just give them one more minute, one more possession, one more. This team seemed kind of resigned to what happened. And I, I hate to say satisfied, but there was a lot of comments about we got the most out of it that we could have. Uh, you heard several players say that. And, and I think a lot of that, guys, probably had to do with Ziggler getting hurt. I, I think that looking back and what that did to the team at the time and all the way through the postseason with the rotations and the roles guys are having to play, I, I think that was probably the, the guy they could least afford to lose. And I think we kind of suspected that all along, and that was proven true. Um, but I, I don't know. They did just seem spent. It, it seemed like they're the, they, they immediately kind of look back on it and goes, you know, gosh, we're proud for what we did. And on one hand, you understand that given the expectations Tennessee had going into the tournament to beat Duke the way they did, that, that's a win. That, that felt like they, they did a little better than people thought. Then you had Seth Davis on the CBS show saying they're going to lose to Louisiana about 10 seconds after they're on the screen. So, you know, on one hand, that makes sense. On the other, you're hearing a lot of comments from guys, you know, about criticism they got throughout the season on social media, going all the way back to the Colorado game in November. And you know, people gave up on us. Look, nobody gave up on Tennessee. That, that team was almost number one in the country uh, in late January. So it, it's what standard do you want to hold it to? Do you want to hold it to what we thought this team could be midseason? Or do you want to say, look, they did well for what they're supposed to be going into the tournament? I think both things both things could be true. Yeah, I think you've answered my second question, Gentry, which was, do you think the fatigue was was a product of the injuries, the struggles down the stretch, or the really high expectations that were upon them based on defensive um, uh, metrics uh, more than anything else, or a combination of all the above? I think it's a combination, but I think it was also... And this this could be – we all sit here every year and go, gosh, why is Rick Barnes better in the tournament? The style they play – and this is just my read on it, The style they play, it, it can wear down a team. Uh, when you go into every single game having to fight like the game rides on every single defensive possession, and Tennessee did that. They played defense that way, to their credit. Uh, they were as good as they were for as long as they were because of that. But this team always struggled offensively. You kind of knew – they were going to have this kind of game where the shots just aren't falling, and now what do you do? Um, and I, I do. I think it, it it wears on a team to play that style for a whole season. And I, I'm not saying that's why they lost this one game and that game and this and that, but it, uh, it did seem like to me that that was a team that was spent. And I, I just feel like, look, you saw three other teams in New York that night. Uh, Michigan State and Kansas State played a, played a classic one of the best games I've ever been at in person. 
And you had Florida Atlantic playing the way they did. You had three of the four teams. Guys, they were having fun. They were enjoying it. They were making the most of the moment. Tennessee just never looked to me like a team that was having fun. Uh, you read into that what you will. Um, Gentry, I had to unmute myself. Um, you you said that the players were um, not really, you know, upset about what happened. Did you talk to Meshack and did he sort of gave the vibe that he was different, that he would be more upset than most of them? Did you ever get a chance to talk to him? A little bit in passing. It's just a little inside baseball the way they do this. You, Tennessee's doing a press conference, and you're either at the press conference or in the locker room, so I was kind of sprinting back and forth between the two. <laughs> so I got to what I could on that. I kind of focused on some of the, the older guys. I, so to answer your question, no, not really, uh, other than maybe a minute or two. You know, it's funny. Um, you were talking about the style of play. Just an, just an observation, right? Tennessee's team, when they played Purdue that night, um, and I wasn't there, but we, we did a postgame afterwards, and our fan base was really devastated. Both the Sweet 16 teams looked absolutely fried when the season was over, Gentry. I think it's a really interesting point you bring up. They both just, you know, you watch runners sometimes, right? If you the, Back in the day when track was huge and we would all look at it, um, some hit the tape. And some, like, fall over at the finish line. And this Tennessee team, like, did a barrel roll at the finish line. So, in one way, they got everything out of their deal. One of our insiders today on our website over at tclub.team is calling for Rick Barnes to take a personal assessment and kind of give an account to the fans of why this continues to happen to him in March. Obviously, he's not going to do that. But I wonder if internally... Like, I wonder how important the tournament is to him. You ever thought about that? Like, it seems like it's not important or he would kind of change his ways. I think it's overly important. I think it's the other way. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously he knows the narrative as well as anybody. Um, and you see it. I've seen it a couple times now with, you know, these losses to, to teams that are seated a lot worse than Tennessee. I think it's, they could. It's it, it's a it's a hard experience for him. I do. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't at all say it isn't important. If anything, I might say it's too important. Um, you know, he always I know he said going into the, the tournament this year, you it's too late to change anything major. Um, so I don't think he does. But you know, look, that team went and, and played up to to the level to beat Duke, and I think that's what gave everybody some, I guess, hope going into the Sweet Sixteen and. You know, they just kind of kind of ran into the wrong kind of team, but that's going to happen in this tournament. And I, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't assume any motives from the coaching standpoint. I think if anything, they're they're probably put too much pressure on themselves at this point. That's a really interesting answer because it would seem to me that if I was a veteran coach, I would I would I don't know what the term is. Pull off the reins a little bit, rest a little bit, coast in the regular season a little bit. Because your point is well taken. They never take a possession off in the regular season. Even when they're beating kind of the little sisters of the poor sort of teams that they play, they just throw it on them. And then they don't really substitute late in those games either because they're trying to, what I call, game the system when it comes to the uh, the, the computers and the way these teams are ranked for better seating. 
And then we've seen in this tournament how important seeding is. It means literally nothing these days, it seems like. And I think it's going to mean nothing going forward because it looks like college basketball is just a glut of teams now. But um, just an observation, if you have a thought on that, it just seems like if if I was trying to win in the tournament, I would get to my 19 wins and then just kind of coast. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting point. I, I, I can think back on, and this is dating myself, when I, I was – a beat writer over there in Knoxville covering Bruce Pearl's first two teams uh, when he was first hired. And those were two, two good teams. I mean, they were both, both got good, a lot of wins, really high seeding. Um, but that first team was a two seed kind of out of, just absolutely out of nowhere. If you mm-hmm. remember. Mm-hmm. And that team, by the end of the year, they, I think they lost, I guess, in the second round of Wichita state. Uh, as a two seed, and and that team by the end of the year, I thought was exhausted because of the way they played. You know, they they were man, they were they were ninety four feet. It was you know all all sorts of pressure. He called it organized chaos. It's a it style that 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 you don't really see as much now. I you know Nolan Richardson kind of style is what they were playing back then, and uh, I thought that team was exhausted. Now the next year, Tennessee was not as good going into the tournament, but I felt like. That was that team was playing its best. They were not exhausted at the end, and that's the one that blew the big lead to Ohio State in the Sweet 16. And I still feel like, looking back on it, you've had, you've had some good Tennessee teams here and there, but that one really was ready to go do something special. If you look at what that Ohio State team went on to do, and I, what's the difference there? The, the the previous team had a better regular season. I don't know. It's just something that came to mind hearing you say that. Yeah, I think there's something to it, and, and I think there's something to, um, you know, these these guys that are really good in the tournament, like the Jay Wrights of the world, it seems like they, and Cal used to be this way before he kind of lost his touch, and everybody loses their touch after a while, but it, it seems like those guys know how, like, when to lay it on and when to pull the reins back, when to lay it on, when the, you cannot go full force all the time. Your guys eventually, we're all humans and your, I think your point about our team looking just fried at the end of the year, those two Sweet 16 teams, because as you said what you said, I thought back to that Purdue game and how Tennessee fought from way back in that game to get that thing to overtime. And by the time they got to overtime in that game, they'd given all they could give. They were they were absolutely donezo. Bino, Jeff, jump in here. You know, Gentry, one of our regular contributors to the show, Matt Dixon, makes what I think is a real interesting point in that it seems like that Tennessee's second and third game this year were flip-flopped. Uh, Duke seemed the, the matchup against Duke seemed more like a Sweet 16 matchup, and the matchup against FAU seemed more like what you would expect in the round of 32. Maybe in some way beating Duke seemed, maybe that has something to do or contributes to the team's sense of satisfaction. Well, I, Probably so. Uh, I, I, you know, I wrote before those games in Orlando. It kind of, you know, with, with what was said again on the selection show when they said right away, "Look out for Louisiana to beat Tennessee." Mm-hmm. I, I, I wrote that week and said, "Well, hey, look! All of a sudden, the pressure's off mm-hmm. Tennessee going into the tournament. First time Barnes had really had that. I mean, you're talking about Tennessee gets a five seed or better every year mm-hmm. uh, in the NCAA tournament, so they're supposed to go in there and do well. But this was the one time." that it really did feel like the expectations were off Tennessee. And, and most people, mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't think they were going to get past Louisiana, but hardly anyone thought they were going to get past Duke. 
And I think Tennessee played better in those circumstances. Then all of a sudden you get to New York, and now Florida Atlantic, you're going against the Cinderella of the tournament, and now the pressure's back on. How Tennessee is it when you think about the weird relationship between Rick Barnes, the the Tennessee fan base, which is something I bathe in, the relationship between Barnes and the fan base, the fact that after the first Sweet 16 run, he openly flirted, obviously, with UCLA and even uttered the words that, hey, if they had paid my buyout, I would have been gone, which probably isn't a very, I don't know, I don't know what you would call that. I'd call that a pretty arrogant thing to say into a microphone, certainly not a well-placed thing to say into an open microphone, but, hey, it's his world. He lives in it. The, um, but the, the weird relationship between him the fan base, the fan base and expectations, the fan base and the Boulevard of Broken Dreams down through the years under a myriad of coaches, including Ray Mears and Bruce Pearl. Um, and, and the fact that in the same year, the same year you beat Duke and put them out of the tournament, which many people on here were calling the, the, the best win in school history, little Florida Atlantic, little tiny Florida Atlantic, who most people couldn't tell you before the tournament what town that school was in, let alone what their nickname was, uh, beats you and puts you out of the tournament. I mean, it's it's just so Tennessee basketball, Gentry. You can't make that up. I mean, I I, I hear you, but uh, I think it's probably the same conversation that uh, that Alabama basketball fans are having right now. It's not, it's not even more heated down there. Yep. Uh, that's a that's another program that has had a lot of success historically and never made a Final Four. Didn't even get out of the Sweet 16 with this team. I mean, despite the the, the compromise that they made this year, didn't even get out of the Sweet. I mean, think about that. Didn't even get past this round of 16. That's 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 tough. I mean, and granted, Tennessee had a tough loss too. But I I, I truly do believe that the fan base for Tennessee was a little better prepared for it this yep. time. Yep. Because I think the expectations were a good bit lower, given how the season ended. Uh, Alabama, I mean, you could never have expected to, to lose to San Diego State like that. No, and, and especially San Diego State, who, when they won that game, that was as far as any team from their league has ever been. And that's remarkable when you stop and think about what's happened in this tournament. And these teams that have gone through these ceilings have made it look so easy, whereas down through the years here, we've made it look so hard. We've made it look so darn hard beating against the ceiling here with great, great teams. To your point, a 19-point lead against a team in Ohio State, who, if memory serves me correctly, didn't they go on that year and play for the national championship? I think they yes, did. That was the Greg Oden, Mike yeah. Conley team. Yeah, great team. Uh, Bino, Jeff, jump in here with Gentry Estes joining today on the TLD Logistics Hotline. He's been nice enough to uh, – Join us, and, and I want to encourage you at the Tennessean to check out the two pieces that Gentry wrote uh, because they're very thoughtful. Go ahead, Bino. Uh, Gentry, I don't mean to be flippant about what happened at Alabama in in any way. Uh, it was it's it's a tragedy and should have never occurred. Uh, and I probably shouldn't bring basketball into it, but uh, and I don't know if he ever even had any intention of moving in the next several years, but. Uh, I, I feel like Nate Oates kind of uh, self-imposed a show cause on himself uh, there at Alabama uh, for years and years before he'll ever have an opportunity to move anywhere else. You know, it's interesting. I, we've j- just hanging out with with some of my colleagues. We we've discussed this a time or two, and 
there, there's kind of a difference of opinion on exactly what that could mean. I, I tend to, I tend to agree with you, uh, at least for a couple of years here. I, I think you're talking about a coach that, yeah, I mean, he was, he was lining himself up for the, the bluest of the blue blood kind of jobs, uh, I think in the sport. And, and now maybe not, you know, maybe not so much. I think this certainly, uh, certainly what happened at, in Tuscaloosa and, and how the season went, I, I think it, 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 it's, it's a black eye for how the coach handled it. If, if for no other reason than, you know, some of these comments, wrong place, wrong time. I, it's just, it came off just horribly uh, at times. Um, I, I tend to think, but you know, I mean, he's a good coach. I think and, uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of big time programs out there that want to hire a good coach. Hey, Gentry from here, who wins it and who are you cheering for to win it? No, that's, that's, uh, this is about as tough as it's ever been, I think, going into the Final Four. Probably UConn. I think UConn's probably playing the best. Uh, I didn't see that coming going into the tournament. I didn't really know a lot about that team. But when I watched them play, I think uh, it's, it's, I think they're they're probably playing the best out of anyone. But, you know, me personally, I got to know some of the folks around Florida Atlantic. Mm. I just covered them for a couple of days. So I'm, uh, I'm probably a little more interested to see how they do than anybody else. I would love... And I mean, love to see them cut the nets down. I think it'd be a really fitting way to end the season for Florida Atlantic to cut the nets down in the year of just the nebulous year in college basketball. Well, and the thing is, they're playing a team that's going to be a lot like Tennessee uh, in the Final Four. They've already seen, as you you said, you know, San Diego State. I think one of the reasons they fared so well against Alabama was because they kind of borrowed a little from what Tennessee did against Alabama. Well, I think San Diego State, I think Florida Atlantic's going to benefit from having already played Tennessee when they go against San Diego State. The team is going to try to keep them from hitting three-pointers from all over the place. I don't know. It could work both ways. It's interesting to, to, to see that kind of match. Yeah, San Diego State's profile, too. 70 on offense and 8 on defense in the, uh, the computers coming into um, uh, the uh, the tournament. So it's kind of interesting. Florida Atlantic does to kill you with that, though. They are so good at getting those long offensive rebounds when they shoot all those threes. That was that could add, a team that wants that plays so hard defensively and takes you down to the shot clock and puts so much effort into it. That is just is just a killer when you do get a miss and they get the offensive rebound and you got to do it all over again. And Florida Atlantic makes you do that a lot. I don't know how they rebound as well as they mm-hmm. do with the size they are, but they do. That's that's legit. And they're they play that hard and it it helps them. To, when they shoot so many threes, they 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 really go after that ball. They, they out hustle Tennessee to it, and not a lot of teams have out hustled Tennessee this year. Thank you, Gentry. Hey, great talking to you. You know, the one postscript on this Final Four is that three of those Final Four teams were all on the ropes in the first round. And Florida Atlantic, you know, I, I guess the phantom timeout with uh, Penny Hardaway throwing the water bottle um, <laughs> at the end of that game, but. If that doesn't speak to the tournament we've had, the three of the four of those teams were on the ropes and, and all the mid-majors. It's just wild. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you, my friend. Great talking to you. If folks want to interact with you, Gentry, how do they do so if they want to find you? Uh, I'm at Twitter at uh, Gentry underscore Estes and can always check out what I'm, I'm writing at the, at the Tennessean, and it uh, usually runs at knoxnews.com as well. Thank you, brother. Good talking to you. You bet. Take care, guys. Gentry Estes, one more time. It was great catching up with him. 865-200-5402. It's pretty wild, Bino. It's pretty random. 
And yet here in Knoxville, it's not so random. See, that's the thing about the tournament. It'd be one thing if it was random, but here it's here it's like business as usual, which is really strange. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's just historical, Tony, and it's ingrained, and it's you know. But still, we we don't we don't accept it. And the, the NCAA tournament is just, it, it doesn't really matter where you're sitting. Uh, it, it's, it's just a heartbreaker for everyone but one team every year. NCAA tournament's just totally ignorant at the end of the day. You know, that's the bottom line. It's just totally, completely ignorant. Back to the phones we go. 865-200-5402 if you want to join us. Evan Russell is uh, going to join us, uh, TLD Logistics Extra Innings, coming up, second hour. The Voss captain will be with us, and uh, boy, what a great weekend for the Tennessee baseball team. They, they, they actually looked like themselves over the weekend. Now, they've got flaws, but it was nice to see them hit the baseball. It really was. Yeah, and I think we may look back, Tony, and, and say that Saturday – was the day that this team came of age. Mm. They needed a grinded out, tough victory, and and they they got one. So, you know, put themselves you know, behind the eight ball uh, at Missouri, but uh, they're up uh, and got a killer stretch coming up. Uh, but I think they're they're more prepared uh, than I thought that they might be to go through. Oh, man, wait a second. Tony Valls just made another pitching change. Go ahead, Brian. Are they going to spend all season trying to dig out from the hole they fell into at Missouri? Not really. Because? No. they got to win 18 games, Brian. With the SEC schedule they have coming up, it's going to be really tough to overcome that. Get to 18 wins and call me in the morning. That's all they got to do. 18 wins, and you get to host all the way to Omaha, and uh, that should be the so they, goal. They, they got to go 15-9 and nine to get there, right? Sure, but look at their schedule. There's some soft spots on but, it. Yeah, they could have They could have been. They should at least be 5-1 and one right now and only be, need to go 13 and, I guess, 13-11, uh, and 11, but you know, Brian, neither here nor there. Well, that's right, and you can't cry over spilt milk, and the sport of baseball is one where – your next game begats your next begats your next. Now, after you get through skeins on Thursday, then you can navigate that series. I don't know that Tennessee hits the skeins, kid. They're going to have to get lucky that game because nobody's hitting that guy, Bino. That guy's a freak. You give me six and six in these next four series, yep. and I'm running home with it. Old skeins are. Tennessee's baseball schedule is completely opposite of what Tennessee's basketball schedule was. It's really, really top heavy. Front heavy. Old Skeens are uh, being star. Uh, uh, he's uh, he's like that kid that starred in the um, World Baseball Classic from the Angels on a collegiate level. He hammers it and can pitch it. And the Vols wanted him badly, badly, like your Yankees being star are going to get in line being star. I'm going back. Rotani. Big Otani. That's what Chris Burke uh, evoked his name yesterday. Called him the Otani of the college game. Hello and welcome into our next call. You're live on the Basilio show on a Monday. Hello. Hey, guys. It's the bully one. 
Hey, Paulie, welcome back, buddy. Great to be off suspension, guys. You were never suspended. I, we were looking forward to hearing from you. I, I was kind of uh, surprised you didn't call complimenting Barnes last week after the win over Duke. Uh, real quick, uh, I haven't been able to. I haven't called in a week and a half or something. So mm. I'm going to give you five quick. Uh, Did your phone quit working after the win over Duke, or what? What, what happened there? No. Um, Just lost service. You lost your cell service. No, I did not. I okay. Just, uh, I I watched the game. I okay. I rooted for him, but yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's inevitable. Mm. But the quick, I'm going to give you six. I'm going to give you six real quick points, and then you just tell me what ones you'd like me to talk about. One is I have an apology. Two, I got a comparison to me and Rich, uh, Rick, Bru- uh, Rick Barnes, five stars. Three, I got Danny Hurley interview. Four, I got the body language, body language subject. Five, I got a message to Danny White. And six, is it about Halloween? So which one would you like me to talk about? Bino, I'm going to, and Brian, I'm going to leave it to you guys. What Of his six if, bullet points, what would you like to hear this genius elaborate on? If there's not a none of the above, uh, I'll take one and two. Brian? What would you like to hear this genius wax poetically on? Huh. Uh, give me these six again. I, I And I hate to do this. Go ahead. One is the apology. Right. Two is the comparison to me and Rick Barnes' five stars. Three is the Danny Hurley interview. Four is body language. Five, message to Danny White. And six, about Halloween. Give me one and give me five. So one, two, one, and five. Hit it. One, two, and five. I would like to publicly do an apology. Everyone thinks it's going to be to you know who, but it's going to be to Roger. Because remember when Roger hollered at me saying, hey, Poli, can you please not cuss in my presence? So I'm going to apologize to Rod when I, I, I did a name call after that FAU to Coach Barnes, and I shouldn't have done that. So that's my apology. It, it was at Rick Barnes, but I'm apologizing to Roger. Day number two. Comparison to me and Rick and Rick Rick Barnes. I compare Tony. You remember when I first met you? And Dino, I think Philly was there. We were at corner sixteen, that Gonzaga game. You bounced my head off the off the uh, radiate the uh, heater duct. Yes. And Admiral hit that shot, yeah. and that was one of the best shot games I've ever watched. Yep. I picked you up. I was so happy. Okay? I was scared. Yes. I was so happy that that was an all-time classic game. Then you go to the Purdue game when. Our SEC Player of the Year was on the bench in overtime. No, no comment about that. But then I, I've seen video of when we came back and took that lead, I had fake Aaron Rodgers up by the ceiling. No one could question my fanhood back then. And now I'm to the point where... All right, get to four. You're, you're boring me. Get to four. Okay, four. It was five. Five. I'm sorry. Get to five. Get to five. My, my message is Danny White. $25 million buyout. If I'm Danny White, I already have oh. painters painting his, painting oh, his office gosh. vile orange. 
And if, if he's not going to be in the office, I'm going to buy him an orange Tennessee ball hummer with orange interior and see how long he can last. He probably couldn't last till Thursday. And six is Halloween. You would think, you would think that Halloween would be, he, it would be the worst holiday for Barnes that he loves. But then you look on the other end is, why wouldn't he like Halloween? He dresses and acts like a coach. You'd think he would like it. Thank you, Paulie. Well, I guess he's conciliatory today, Bino. Holly threw us an extra one in there. No one asked for the Halloween. <laughs> I did. Oh, you did, Brownie? Yeah, I did ask for Halloween. Okay. I think that I, wait, I want to apologize for that because I think it just wasted everybody's time. Actually, Brian, you never said anything. I we, did. No, we came to you and you ghosted him. No, I said something. No. I'm sure I did. Brian Bino, did he? Did, he, did Brian choose anything? Uh, I, uh, Brian may have said something, but it didn't come out over the air. So we thank Polly Joe for whatever that was, 865-200-5402. My favorite, things about, favorite thing about the Barnstormers is they were nowhere to be found after the Duke win, but Friday night they all descended upon Garza Law, Tennessee basketball overtime. Gentry asked us is right. Tennessee just, uh, they just concluded a confusing season in one of the more bewildering off-seasons in the history of any sport. That's what we're seeing right now. Not just basketball, but one of the more bewildering, bewildering, one of the more bewildering postseasons in any sport is what we're seeing right now. And I'm going to make a position statement here, and I'm going to see if my two guys agree on the other side. I want Florida Atlantic, who put us out, I want them to cut it down. And it has nothing to do with us. I just like the way they play ball. And, in fact, Gentry S. has made a really good point. Three of the four teams up at Madison Square Garden looked like they were having fun, and and we're just not fun. And that's that's no slam on our head coach. That's no slam on anybody. Just a stone, just a stone-cold observation is all that is. And the game, the sport is allowed to be fun. It's allowed to be fun. As we continue with more after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie. And you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. 
This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931 931- 548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Come to the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Championship, hosted by the Columbia Breakfast Rotary Club, benefiting their college scholarship fund. Outstanding auctioneers from across the country will be competing to be named the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Champion. The event will be held at the Tennessee Livestock Sale Barn at 1231 Industrial Park Road, Columbia, Tennessee, starting at 11 a.m. Hope to see you there. 31. fun event to take the family to, Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. The Mules are back in town. Mule Day 2023, the wagon train departs on Wednesday, headed to Murray County Park. 
Attend all four days, Thursday, March 30th through Sunday, April 2nd. Mini Mania Show and the Log Pulling Competition Thursday at 12 noon with the Feed Time Race at 2 p.m. At 4 p.m., Jackpot Mule Races has some smoking fast mules, all competing for cash and bragging rights for the title of the fastest mule in Tennessee. Friday at noon is the Driving Mule Show, and at 6 p.m., the Gated Mule State Championship. Saturday is a big day, the Mule Day Parade on West 7th Street in downtown Columbia at 11 a.m. sharp. Then Pony Mule Pulling at noon, Mule Pulling Tennessee State Championships, and the Skillington Draft Mule Show at 2 p.m. On Sunday, we have Worship at 9 a.m., the Riding Mule Show at 11 a.m., and Gospel Singing at noon. Did I mention Friday and Saturday? Ham and white bean plates are only 10 bucks from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Visit MuleDay.com for a complete schedule of Mule Day events. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. So, Hour 2 on your Tony Basilio Show. Hour 2, we welcome you back, 865-200-5402, the number again, 865-200-5402. We were uh, picking up the pieces off the sports weekend uh, that was uh, the NCAA tournament that is uh, Tennessee baseball and the fact that that's about to take center stage and our coverage that we have here, which is second to none, uh, the great job that Matt Dixon's doing for us over at tclub.team, the terrific stuff that Evan Russell brings, the fact that the Vols have an incredible series this weekend with LSU and all the drama that comes with that, followed by... Florida followed by Vanderbilt, just a really, really difficult stretch. Arkansas is in there as well before Tennessee gets an opportunity to come up for air. So we've got a lot to talk about, 865-200-5402. Bino, our um, Tennessee insider Orange Throat was rather forceful today in saying that Rick Barnes owes the fan base some sort of explanation for where he sees this thing going in the future, uh, I don't know that I buy that. I mean, I don't know that I don't buy that, but I don't know that I buy that. Uh, they just came off a Sweet 16 year, a year where they played at the top of college basketball once again, um, where they touched the sky, so to speak, almost got the number one in America. Yes, the, the, the crashing and burning and the landing of the Hindenburg is real. Um, Tennessee sure does know how to put the Zeppelin down in, in New York, Beanstar, or New Jersey, uh, as it were. But I, I don't know. Does he owe us an explanation, Bino? Does, does he need to sit down and does he need to sit down with Danny White and lay out what his vision is? I mean, in a sport where there is no vision anymore, it's it's literally they go to a flea market and everybody shops off everybody else's table and they come home and they put teams together off after throwing six cards back that's what new that's what new college basketball is well i i i don't think he owes the fan base an explanation i i would i would certainly like to see him do some self-examination uh as far as uh you know not just here but why his teams haven't advanced as far as you would think that some of them should have based on the talent he's had at his disposal. Um, 
just kind of do some self-examination about is there something that I could change in my approach that that might remedy that? Now, I, you know, I, 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 he's won so many basketball games that he probably doesn't feel the need to do that. Uh, but uh, I, I, that's something that I wish he would do that mm. I doubt he will do. Gentry, yeah, well, you you can't you can't break, you can't fix something, right? You can't fix something that you don't think is broken. So, and, and it is, it, it it's just it's hard to understand how a guy that's so successful in the regular season rarely has success in the postseason, especially a guy that has success the week before at a fairly high level in, in the conference tournament. So. I know it's hard to – it'd be hard for him to put his finger on exactly what the reason is. Um, so, but as I said, you know, this is a guy that's won a whole whole lot of basketball games, doing it the way that uh, he's basically always done it. So, Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and, and, and who – you know, at the end of the day – He's very good at what he does. He's so good that it's um, it's so good. It's frust- He's so good at it, but you know it's frustrating because this other piece shouldn't be this elusive, but it is this elusive. Gentry Estes says, in his mind, um, Gentry Estes says that in his mind. Tennessee just flat out exhausts their, ba- their 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 teams, and by the time they get to the end of the season, they're roached, they're fried. Now that was his explanation for it. Something to it? I don't know. Well, I you know I I certainly think it's fair to discuss if Barnes's approach uh, and his insistence on. 40 minutes of defense, uh, I, and I've never seen a practice, so I'm I'm talking out of my hiney on this one. Uh, does he uh, does does the way that he practices all year long first thing? I, I I do think that it's it's fair to at least wonder uh, if if his approach tears his teams down physically. But, you know, five days before the game against FAU, we certainly didn't look roached. 865-200-5402. Now, we certainly didn't like the woods on fire against Duke offensively, though. We always look tired offensively. And Gentry's point was when you ask your teams to play that way defensively, never his words were never taking a series off. Well, we look tired offensively because he runs a tired offense. The funny thing is, San Diego State has the same defensive approach where they try to shut everybody out. Yeah. Yeah, the difference is is they they rebound better than Tennessee did. That's why they're still playing. You know, at the end of the day, when you... The FAU contest was, Mm. you know, that was was one that really we should have seen coming. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, as good as Tennessee's defense has been, uh, it hasn't been superlative against those styles. Uh, four out, a lot of quickness. Um, you know, we we weren't a shut them down team against those type of offenses, uh, and against the teams that our defense can't shut down, we're in trouble because we are what we are offensively. We're rather unathletic at the end of the day, and when you keep Plavi on the floor as long as they did, you're even more unathletic because that's one big man that never touches rebounds, just doesn't get the balls for his size. Compared to the other you know, kid, the funny thing is they yeah they went at him to try to get him in foul trouble, but I think I, Tennessee wanted to go to Plavi to try to get that big man in foul trouble, uh-huh. but it, they just kind of said, "Well, let's just let him score yep. and keep our big men on the floor." And the funny thing is, Plavi it's smart to foul him because at the free throw line, you saw how bad he is. But you know the Goldine uh, guy, they didn't they didn't, they didn't take Plavi the bait because they need yeah. the guy. They gave Plavi his eight early points and said. If this guy and Key are shooting shots, we'll take our chances. Let's go to the fans. Yeah, I, I think we should have learned our lesson against Kentucky. It's the same approach we had against Kentucky here. And for whatever reason, when we, when we set out at the first of a game and we feature Plavi, everyone else seems to go to sleep. Why wouldn't you? Ball goes in, doesn't come back out. I mean, when he threw those two shots up, that one over the back of his head, I'm not picking on him, but why wouldn't you? Go back to our phones, 865-200-5402, the number. What a great day to be with you as we try to pick up the pieces, but it's been an incredible march, just incredible. And there are a lot of major college teams today, Duke, North Carolina, UCLA, Kansas, all asking questions. Kentucky, how are those three mid-major teams there and we're not? We spend all this money on this. We spend all this NIL money on this. Yeah, and? Game's still about putting the ball in the hoop when it matters. And it's about getting stops when it matters. And those teams all do that in spades that are there. Hello and welcome in, including the FAU team that beat the Vols. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, what's going on, Tom? Yo. This is uh, Ryan, the Hoosier Ball. Hey, Hoosier Ball. I, uh, you know, I gave uh, Rick Barnes uh, props uh, after the Duke game and called in and ate a little crow, and I really believed in him. Unfortunately, he uh, he did it again. So I don't want to talk about Rick. It is what it is. Tone, where do you think uh, Dusty May is coaching basketball next year? You know, I don't know. A buddy of mine um, says that. Um, who's into this stuff, that his track record to up till now has been so spotty that, I don't know, is this is this seen as a one-off fluke, what's happened here? His team's gotten on a run? Or is this seen as, you know, this is a guy we have to hire? I will say he comports himself very well. I will say he's extremely impressive. Uh, I don't know. I was telling my brother, I wish Penn State would hire him. Because uh, I think he'd be perfect at a spot like that. But he says, look at his track record. That's what others are saying about him. This is the first year he's had. I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Can I, can I make a prediction? Hit it. If if uh, he is in Boca Raton, Florida next year, he will be in Bloomington, Indiana the year after next. Boom. 
because, uh, because he returns his whole team. They will run it back. They will have great success again next year. It's a good prediction. Yep. And um, the reasoning I have for that is he has endless ties to Indiana University. My only hope is, you know, if I was Louisville, I would hire him because Louisville has no business being that bad. Yep. And um, if I was North Carolina, I'd think about it. If I was Texas, I would think about it. Um, I, I hope uh, I hope it's a Roy Williams situation where everyone knew, even if Roy Williams was at Kansas, when North Carolina picked up that phone, he was going to drop everything and go. And, uh, you know, I've had a call in the past where I said the difference between the Big Ten and the SEC and onset. I just really wish for one time Indiana basketball would think like SEC football and just do it. But they're, they're not going to. But uh, you guys had a great year this year. You just want to throw your coach overboard? Yes, it's different because the way we play, he's going to have to get a whole new roster. And that style, tone, you got to if, if you're the Big Ten, and I would argue Rick Barnes and the Tennessee Vols, you got to stop thinking about how many games did we win before March. It doesn't matter. The game is quickness, scoring. Spread. That's what a buddy of mine told me last night. He said this thing and is everything else. Yeah, is just you know. Yeah, a, v- a VFL buddy of mine said to me last night. He said, "You know what this game's becoming? It's mirroring the NBA game. What's happened here in this tournament? Yeah. It's about isolation. It's about letting athletes be athletes. And you know, if you think about it, even old school Tom Izzo." whose team's a lot like the Vols, got pulled into that game by by uh, Kansas State the other night. It was probably the game of the tournament. And that's the Izzo effect. The reason Michigan State did that is Izzo is that good. But that team is terrible. That Michigan State team, oh. just not very good. Man. Nope. I mean, the Big Ten is awful, and the first legitimate Big Ten basketball team that hires Steve Spurrier or Josh Heupel, an offensive mindset in the Big Ten is going to do what Steve Spurrier in the 90s did to that conference. Of It's going to kill it. And I, I really hope just one time that Indiana does it. They won't. But that's my prediction. If he's in, uh, if he's in Boca Raton next year, he's going to be in Bloomington the year after next. But enough about IU. Hey, go Vols of baseball and go Vols football. Thank you, brother. Good talking to you. You know, uh, he um, he's going to be coaching in a different league next year. So yep. it's going to be interesting to see if, how successful. And I, I say he'll be pretty successful in it, too, which is the AAC. I'd, since he's in the Final because Four, I'd not. say he probably fares pretty well in that league, Brian, if, it, if those players stay together. It's hard to – I guess at times you can overreact. Then again, you can be like Miami and go get Larinaga, who's gotten them the Elite Eight at Miami where nothing ever existed after getting Mason to a Final Four, and now he's got Miami to a Final Four. And you know the difference between Larinaga and Rick Barnes? One, And I'm not picking at Barnes. I'm not. One guy, they're two old-school dudes. One guy lets his team play, and the other one gets in the way of it on offense. True or false, you know, Tony, I said uh, when, when Larinaga uh, left Mason at the age that he left to, to go to Miami, that I thought that he was crazy, you know, and I, I, I understand you can make a whole lot more money at Miami than you can at George Mason, 
but uh, I, I I thought he was crazy. Well, he, he's obviously not crazy. And that son of a gun is one good basketball coach. Uh, yes. Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome in. Uh, and get our next call in. You're live on the air. Hi. Hey, Tony, Vino, uh, Ronnie, Trusty. Um, hope you guys are well. Hope you had a good weekend. That was some great basketball to watch. Um, Vino, a minute ago, you, you asked. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it with Barnes and, and why the success doesn't happen. I, I have a theory, and I've had it for a while. I think Barnes, the way he coaches, is like a pitcher who has an elite, elite fastball which Barnes has an elite fastball. Barnes has great defense and a good offensive system, and it gets open shots. But he doesn't have a changeup when the other team takes away what he wants to do. Mm. He doesn't he, – at, at halftime, at halftime, May came out and said, we're going to defend you and not let the ball go into the paint because we are going to over, over, over cover you on the perimeter. We are going to pressure you out at, like, once anybody comes across half court, we're putting a body on every guy. And we're going to force you to drive and beat us. We're going to run you off the three-point line. And we're going to make it hard for you to entry pass the basketball. And we couldn't run our offense. We could not run our offense at all because of their defensive adjustment. And Barnes doesn't have the changeup when that team took away our fastball. And he never had. He's not uh, what you'd call the great adjuster. Uh, he's not going to go into no. chiropractic work anytime soon, I would say. <laughs> he's not going to call timeouts. He's not going to call timeouts. No. <laughs> no, he's going to he's going to walk out of a game with two timeouts in his pocket. Now that's going to happen. Yeah, and, and I don't mean it's about adjustments. It's, a, it's all about adjustments, Brian. I mean, especially in the, when it's one and done, your season's over. Yep, absolutely. People complain about the timeout because they think he better stop runs. He doesn't call the timeout where he calls the guy over and says, hey, Bobby, you're sitting down. Calm while you're going to five. We're going to go small, and we're going to run pick and roll because they're going to, they're, they're over-guarding everybody. And the only thing we do is we can force them to switch their seven-foot kid onto Meshack, and maybe Meshack can drive by him 30 feet from the basket by forcing switches. Barnes doesn't know how to do that stuff. It, it, and, and, no, and I like Barnes. I think he's great, and I think we're going to win a ton of ball games as long as he's our basketball coach, and he's earned the right to be here forever. Guys like Poley that you know want to make a change immediately, think about a firing, they're out of their minds. It's not happening. He's never getting fired. He's no. going to go out on his own terms. Right. But he could be better in adjustments, and it's okay to say say that. Yeah, like there, there's a you know there's a. There's always some kind of weird deal here where the Barnes and Eastas, and he's got these people in the media that he, and Arnstort wrote about this today, he really has a way of charming these people, and he's really good at it. I give the guy a lot, of, I call him a great politician, he's really, really good at it. But it's almost like this thing where you're not allowed to even criticize, I mean, that's BS. Now, criticizing is not saying the guy should be fired, but pointing out the fact I, I, that the guy gets smoked every year in March and finishes probably a round shy of where he should finish um, just about every year. And going back to his Texas days is is not saying we want him fired. 
You know, Rust, it's not what we're saying. It's just not what we're saying. No, I know. It's, we're, we're being reasonable. We're saying yeah. he's earned the right. We're saying he's a good coach, but we're also yeah. saying he's not above He's not above reproach. Right. He's not. But he's not going to change. He, he's not going to change. So you're gonna, what you're going to get with him is what you're going to get, which is the Boulevard of, Boulevard of Bo- Broken Dreams and Rick Barnes Drive are going to intersect every year. Tony, I have a friend, a close friend, who is in every press conference that's had by the athletic department at the University of Tennessee, whichever whichever sport's having a press conference. He's there all the time. And I asked him, why can't you ask those type of questions like you just suggested? Hey, hey, uh, hey, coach, how how come um, you don't ever do anything to, like, force a switch from the other team on defense to get a matchup that's favorable to Mm -hmm. us in the offensive set? You never force their big on our small Mm -hmm. or vice versa like you see Michigan State do, like you see really good coaches. That's what FAU did in the half court. They kept forcing us to switch a defender onto a guy, they, onto the Davis kid that they wanted and knew Davis could go right by it. That's what they did it over and over. But And I said, why can't you ask those questions? Why don't you ever ask those questions? Not being a jerk about it, but I was just asking. He was like, because I'll lose my access if I do. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a reason. Hey, Rusty, thank you. That's, that's a reason, yeah. Not being a jerk. You don't think Rusty could wear somebody out, do you, Bino? Uh, Rusty is um, is very knowledgeable and uh, and very relentless. Oh my God! <laughs> I mean, poor Gina. Rusty's like relentless. Exactly, he's like total hard charging. Look, and I'll tell you what, I'm a master of finesse. People listen to this show know I'm a master of finesse. So and nuance. So we go back to our phones. Twenty five past the hour. Compartmentalize and compartmentalizing. Hello and welcome into our next call. You're on the Basilio Show on a Monday. Hi. Hey, Tony. Brian. Yo. Reno, Zach. Hey, Zachy. Hey, Brian. You said it on Friday. By 7.30, I was smiling ear to ear, my friend. It was a beautiful thing. My Aztecas. Well, I mean, those little Aztecas. Well, it, um, it just nope. looked like somehow I just had a feeling that um, they had the kryptonite that Bama wasn't going to be able to handle. Yep. And... Yeah, and you know Alabama's just, kind of a. I just don't think they're a. They don't really come across as a real tough team. Nope. Do they? No. The only guy that really ever really makes me kind of nervous is that uh, Quinterly dude because he can kind of get by, but even him, you know, he can. They, I mean, they're, they're a great looking team when they're at home and they're running and they're jumping and they're dunking <laughs> and they're doing all this stuff and they're making threes. But I mean, you could a tough team can neutralize that and. They don't have it like uh, we were talking about with Barnes. They they don't have a a, a like a changeup. Right. It's either it's either rain down terror on you or yeah. you know the skies completely dry up. So can I read something to you? Yeah, please. Um, I have a feeling I know what it is, but go ahead. What do you think it is? Well, I don't know. Is it by is it by a columnist? No. Okay, go ahead. And I want to ask you, Brian and Bino, if you guys take solace in this. This is in The Athletic. This is the Athletic article about the San Diego State-Alabama game, and this is what we read um, about uh, their head coach, Brian, whose name I always I always screw this guy's name up. What's his name, Brian? Brian what? Uh, Brian, I, is, it, I, is it Butcher? Butcher. 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 Is there an R? I don't know. He says he took a few points. He says, we went back 
and we looked at Tennessee's scrimmage with Gonzaga. Hmm. He said, we also went back, and we kept looking back to Alabama's February. Actually, no. He said, we took a few pointers from the Alabama game, or from the Gonzaga game. I guess Alabama and Gonzaga played. Let me get this quote right. But then he kept going back to Alabama's February game against Tennessee, a rock fight, which the Vols won. Rick Barnes' scheme seemed to align the best with what the Aztecs could duplicate. They basically took Rick Barnes' template from that night, and they copied it to a power T. Now, Zach, does that make you feel better, that Tennessee was pretty much responsible Yes. Uh, for and I thought that Tony, I thought that when I was watching that game, I was like, "This team is doing what Tennessee did to Alabama." But I looked at their players and, and I yep. thought, "Oh, they also have a little bit better athletes well, than we do." He went on to share his thoughts with his team, talked about how he didn't want Alabama to worry so much if Alabama's guards got downhill, but he wanted them to use gap defense because guarding the Crimson Tide one on one was fool's gold which is exactly what Tennessee did. Tennessee gapped them. Um, he would said it would be critical to Hector and Pester Alabama's backcourt into a little disruption. The players listened. They understood. They always do. This article uh, went on to say, San Diego State practices are three parts defense, one part offense. And Brian Dutcher, D-U-T-C-H-E-R, not Butcher. I always mess his name up. I want to call him Butcher, too, guys. Brian Dutcher. Butcher at each time. Brian Dutcher. Uh, it ain't Dutch to him, Bino. Here's what we did. He ain't speaking Dutch, Bino. He ain't speaking Dutch, Bino, when it comes to getting through the NCAA tournament. Here's what we did. Yes. We put a San Diego State logo on our Elite Eight banner. We got plenty of room. <laughs> that is LOL funny, man. SDSU 2023. The night of the Alabama game, that 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 looks like a blueprint to beat them. That is LOL. That is LOL, Bino. But they should be like a song. It should be like a songwriting credit. You know, like yes, artists write a song. Yes, a Dutcher Barn. Yes. <laughs> like uh, like uh, Stairway to Heaven, Randy California deserves a, ro- a songwriting credit. Right, or, or Lennon and McCartney. They get like point yep. six for Lennon, point four for McCartney. Yes. Um, just real quick. Uh, since this, since uh, they... All the... All the mm-hmm, get, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, I do want to hear what Brian has to say. But, um, so after all the results from, from, you know, over the weekend, and I, 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 I'm rooting for... <laughs> Aztecs and Florida A and U. I hate that they're in the same bracket. I want them both to. I'd love to see them in the title game. Do you think that a lot of these blue bloods and big names like us are, are feeling uh, a little bit of relief because the the results of this tournament are? I mean, these are your. This is your nat. This is how you crown your national champion. It's a little strange. I, I get it, and and these teams deserve to be there, but it is. It makes me think, well, you know, does the Kentuckys of the world feel a little bit better because every other team and, you know, the Gonzagas and just all those teams that are out it makes me think, oh, well, this this deal is so random, so yep. it's such a strange way to 
I agree. I, and, Zach, here's the thing, and it's a good question. I think it's the beginning of the new era, guys. I wrote it today in the blog. Now, I might be dead wrong, but I don't see how it's any different going forward. Because, again, I think the the what these big, quote-unquote, big conference teams are doing by fighting over these players, throwing half their cards back each year, it creates a destabilized effect where everybody is Kentucky every year, including Tennessee, by the way, where you have all these pieces you're trying to fit in. I mean, look at Tennessee this year. you got to work Phillips in, and you got to work this guy in, and that. And look at him next year. It's total. And, or the year, the year before that, it's totally destabilizing. Used to be only Kentucky. Now it's seven new cards every year on every team. Look at the transfer portal. It's going to be it's going to be crazy this spring. You know, only one time has the four seed won the championship in the current seeding system. Yep. And a five seed's never won it. There's two five seeds here. A nine seed has never won it. And there's a nine seed there. So something rare is going to happen. Well, seeding means so little right now. Now, one thing I do think is true that Lee and C both said back in our Twisted T, one of our uh, podcasts from a couple weeks back, which is accurate, was there is no doubt that that Memphis FAU, those two teams going off as eight and nines, was really kind of disgraceful in retrospect being star. There's no way that FAU team should have played out of the eight nine game. No way. Uh, I agree, Tony. And I believe had Memphis won that game, they'd be sitting in the same place FAU. Totally agree. Memphis would have gone right through us in the Sweet 16. Now you talk about something that would have kept Barnes up at night. Losing to Penny Hardaway, that's personal right there. That is personal. Brian, did you watch any women's hoops last night? Yeah, I, I saw uh, those couple games in passing, yes. Do you think this Caitlin Clark, when you watch her on the court, she's whiter than white, skinnier than skinny, looks like she needs a shot of vitamin B1. She looks like um, like Spawn of Adam Silver out there. No offense to Adam Silver, but he might be the whitest man on the planet. No offense. She can flat. And I mean, flat out you know, play the crazy. game. I would pay to I watch her play any day of the. Bino, have you seen this gal play? She is next level. You talk about somebody that can score, good, and she is relentless, relentless. Have you seen her, Bino? I have not, Tom. I would encourage anybody that's a basketball fan, and you know me. I don't, you know, I don't sit around and watch a ton of women's basketball, but I always say that I like it. I'm a sportsman, sports fan, so when you get into the tournament and get deep into it, I'm going to watch those games. That thing that she had going last night with the gal from the other team, HVL, Haley Van... Lit, I think her name is from, um, who had a. She's the girl that had the controversy with the, the gal from Texas, 
in the handshake line, which is another thing I love about women's sports. Those women, Bino, don't let things go. I don't know if people knew that about women, but when they do the handshake line, they carry their heat to the handshake line. <laughs> you had a gal from Memphis punch a girl in the face and knock her down. And then you had a gal from Texas the other day grab this Haley Van Litt and pull her close and say, say it to my face, say it again, say it to my face. Of course, I'm cleaning this up. And Haley Van Litt looked at her and said, have fun down in Miami, pops. Pops is a term the kids say to each other, pops or pop. Well, Tony, I, I watched years and years of women's softball mm-hmm. and asked my wife time and time again, how is it? That you have 150 grudge matches a summer. <laughs> I mean, the heat. The Caitlin Clark gal is the most unassuming looking kid you'll ever. She had 41 last night, by the way. And I looked at Laura in the first half and I said, This girl's going to score 40 points tonight. I said, You can see it coming. Not that I'm any great, you know. I think she desisted on, like, when, when she didn't score, she yeah. assisted. On, on her teammates' basket. Brian? So I think out of all the points yeah. they scored, I think she probably assisted and or scored at least 75 to 80% of them. Her and that Van Litt kid were going, like, jawing at each other. You could tell that thing. And, and I was like, i got to watch the end of this and, thing because these two teams are going to get in a fight. You could see it coming. At one point, the Clark kid hit a three-pointer. They went up by, like, 22. And she walked by that Van Litt girl, and she gave her the John Cena, this thing right here. You can't see me. She was like... You can't see me. Right to her face, just like, and you know, I'm like, God. Uh, interesting, something interesting to say here is I, I think if, if during Pat Summer's heyday, a player like that, if they don't come to Tennessee, they're recruited heavily by Tennessee, and they consider Tennessee. But nowadays, they don't even consider. I bet the Lady Vols were never even on her radar. Tartaji wrote, which I didn't realize, but the Lady Vols have been to a Final Four since when, Bri? 2008, when they won it all with Candace. Which is how long ago? Had their, that's uh, 15 years ago. Connecticut had their 14 uh, streak <laughs> of 14 straight Final Fours come to a close. Yeah. But you were going to say. Well, somebody asked me last week, are they going to get back to the final? Are they going to get back to that under the current coach? I don't know anything about it. Okay. I don't, I, my initial reaction was no. You take 15 years, you know, you've gotten out of line. In 15 years in any of these sports, think about it. The kids that are coming up now, the last time the Lady Vols won one would be how old, Brian? The Today's freshman class. Well, they'd be like three. Four, four years old four. or something like that. Yeah, you're out of line. You've gotten out of line now. You're, well, you're just like Texas women's I, basketball. They got out of line. Louisiana Tech, they got out of line. That's that's how it works. Yeah, and I just thought the other day they just they didn't look like they were ready to play at the start. They got they smoked in that game, Brian. Yeah, I, that was disappointing. Yeah. I thought they were better than that. I thought they'd well, overcome that, and that, I think that line was about even. Well, and they were never even. There was nothing even about that. Carolyn Peck said at halftime. She she said. Virginia Tech has surgically destroyed the Lady Vols. Virginia Tech surgically has taken their def- their defense and just destroyed it. That was her assessment. She's accurate. That's pretty much what happened. So my 
take on the Lady Vols is unless you get an exemplary knockout head coach like the gal at LSU, you're, you know, playing at that level. I mean, they looked. Brian, for those who didn't see it, how you talk about levels. I mean, that Virginia Tech team looked a lot better than we did the other day, I thought. A lot better. Now, I thought Throaty was out of control today when he compared him to the Dallas Cowboys. That urinated me off today over at tclub.team. I don't well, like that at all. They've lost their way, and they don't get the hype they used to get either. So there, there is the difference in that, that fact the Cowboys get probably more hype than they should. The Lady Vols have kind of lost that. Tony, I know you almost never misrepresent what someone's written in the blog, uh, but uh, I went back and read reread Throtage's reporting. Yes, and I don't think he mentioned anything about an apology to the fan base. I think what Throat said was, "This may sound crazy, but he, Rick Barnes, and you did say this, doesn't seem to value success in the big dance." doesn't manage his team toward peaking in mid-March. Uh, I've lost it here. Let me get it back. Uh, with significant roster turnover facing Barnes and the staff this offseason, is it more than reasonable for the vast ball fan base to ask what's next? And then he, he basically says the conversation with A.D. Uh, White should be, about Rick's plans for the future. He'll be 69 in July. What's he thinking? What's his assessment of the program and the competitive landscape of the SEC because Texas and Oklahoma join after next season? This should be a thoughtful and serious discussion with A.D. White. Now, that may be a little strong, but uh, I think it's thought-provoking. I think it's piling on, personally. I thought Gentry asked this deal that the postseason success is a little too important to Barnes. Is kind of a something that made me scratch my head today. Yeah, because if yeah, you take that's... those two thoughts there and you juxtapose them, because I look and I put in the in my response to Throaty today. Check the blog out today over at tclub.team. There's some really good stuff in there. But and Matt's got some great stuff at the baseball team. We're getting ready to get Evan Russell in here momentarily on uh, TLD Logistics Extra Innings. The thing is. And we'll continue this conversation tomorrow and through the week. So if you can't get through today, relax. We have all week to talk about it. The thing about the hoops deal is, is that if it was really too important to you, you would change. If it was really something that drove you and you were Barnes, we would see different approaches. Instead of whipping the mule 100% of the time, which is what he does. And he tells people over there, because I, you know, I talk to people. He tells people that it's luck. And if you if you talk to anybody from Tennessee's athletic department, you say, what does he say behind the scenes about flaming out in March? And he'll he says this thing's all about just all about luck, bounce of the ball. Well, when you don't change after getting beat by a 12 seed and an 11 seed in back to back years, you probably aren't going to change. No. Why would he, Brian? They and, won twenty-four games. Why would he change? Seriously, they played at the top of the sport this well, year. You're not going to change the way you think about no. the approach to March. 
Bino, what do you what do you what do you believe? And then and then we'll we'll end that conversation here. What do you believe, Bino? Since I won't talk to you till Friday, I'm less mad about this. You believe Orange Throat that he doesn't value March, or do you believe Gentry Estes that he values it too much, Bino? Where where are you on that? Uh, I I believe he values March. To, I I just don't I, I don't think he could avoid that. He's he's been in a tournament sport forever. I, I, he's a smart guy. He knows uh, that you are ultimately uh, viewed by how you do in March and, or how you don't. I, and I, I think he's a competitor. I think he wants to change that. I just believe he's too set in his ways, believes 100% in those, and is, is unwilling to make the changes that it may take to change those results at this point in his career. We come and back. Er joins. He can value March without changing it. E, when we come back, and we'll continue that conversation, no doubt about it. It's very compelling. Check out tclub.team today or blog. When we come back. Er joins BH, BJH, and TB on your TLD Logistics Extra Innings Alphabet Soup. After this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com.
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Hello, this is Sergeant Brian Goats with Columbia Police Department. As a friendly reminder, the annual Mule Day Parade is Saturday, April 1st. Road closures will take effect from 7 a.m. to noon. Motorists traveling in Columbia that morning should expect delays around Garden and Carmack, West 7th, and Murray County Park. Follow our Facebook page at Columbia PDTN for the most up-to-date information. Join us on April 21st at 7.30 a.m. for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is going to be an annual event. It'll be hosted by the Tohee Golf Course on April 21st, starting at 7.30 to noon. Proceeds from this tournament will go towards the academic and athletic opportunities for our students at Columbia Central. Please contact Ms. Christy Smith at Columbia Central High School or Dr. Mike Steele, the principal at Columbia Central High School. Hope to see you out there to celebrate this amazing individual for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Now you're having you say his name. The great Evan Russell's going to join us. One of Clarksville's finest got a, got a W uh, in the octagon. And uh, let's listen now to Nate the Great, or what do they call him? Anyway, here's an Octagon interview after his win in San Antonio. Tony Valls was telling me that they're watching this uh, because of the Clarksville-Tennessee connection. So, Rod and Clarksville, this one's for you. This is some of the great smack talking of all time. Listen, if this thing will pull up, and I don't choke. Why am I choking here? As always, sensational performance. Push the pace, beat him down, took the choke home. How you feel about that one? Hey, easy money. San Antonio, 
coming into this one when you looked at Austin, was the submission always part of the game plan? No, man, I knew, man, I was watching. That's the difference between, man, JV and Varsity, baby, I'm Varsity in the UFC. Hey, I got a highlight reel like Evil Knievel, I got swagger like Elvis Presley, and I'll be damned if I ain't handsome. <laughs> Very handsome. Listen, you were supposed to fight a ranked opponent, right, but you fought Austin Lingo instead. You got a great finish. Who do you want to fight next? Hey, we run that Caceres fight. I mean, take a look at this arm. Hey, San Antonio, take a look at this bicep. Woo! Nathan Trading in the UFC. Nathan Trading, indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations on the stunning victory. Hey, that was a sucker punch. Rear naked choke. Sucker Nate the Train. Landwer from where? Say it, Tony Valls. Tony Valls told me. He said that they, they, they told him internally that he, he, was, he had to watch the kid from Clarksville fight. And so that's how we bring in on our TLD Logistics extra innings the great Evan Russell presented by our friends at TLD Logistics online, tldlogistics.com. And, Nate, let's start here. The Valls get a three-game sweep. Man, did they need that. That is... A statement uh, about how last weekend uh, was a fluke, you know, uh, and I think that is just going to carry over the confidence, the momentum. Uh, that's just exactly what they needed, and the style of how they won, the comebacks, uh, getting down their pitchers, getting hit, uh, for them to rally the the offense to basically take over some of the games. Yeah, I mean that that's only going to improve the season, I think. And you know, guys, I had the pleasure of watching some and listening to a bunch with um, uh, John Wilkerson and Vince Ferrara who do a great job on the on the radio broadcast. But um, my picture from the weekend of having consumed it in both manners is a lot of things good happen offensively. The pitching continues to be a little mysterious. They continue to throw hittable two-strike pitches. These guys are all doing it. Now, Evan, you caught last year, and let's camp on that for a second. What, what's the deal with that? Why are they continuing to offer? And Bean did it yesterday. Um, I have an 0-2 count. I'm just going to throw you an eminently hittable pitch. I'm going to give you a lot of the plate. Are we just making mistakes? Because that, that happens in baseball. I know when things come in, um, come in waves, but it seems like that's really going on with our, with especially our starters right now. It's weird. Yeah, I would have to see where the the location is from behind the plate um, to really give a a detailed answer on it. Um, but from my from my observation, I, I would say it's a little overconfidence. The pitchers had such great years last year that they think they're just going to be able to come in here and blow the doors off these hitters. Um, which some hitters is the case, but they still have to pitch and they're great pitchers. Um, so throughout the year, they'll, they'll get back to, uh, being the pitchers that, you know, that they are. So, um, if they could get past that overconfidence and thinking that they're able to just throw opposed to get back to the roots and pitch, I, I think they'll be fine. Bino, Jeff Henderson, they've got a highlight film like Evil Knievel. They got the patter, and then they t- they talk like Muhammad Ali. The baseball balls are back, man. And I, I'm gonna be honest with you guys, I was really worried. I was worried we were gonna throw up a stinker season. 
after that uh, Missouri. I, I'm going to say that out loud. I know none of you all want to say that. I was worried, worried, worried about this bunch. But, Bino, you, you were right earlier in the show. I think that Saturday game when they had to come from behind is going to pay a lot of dividends for them because it's almost like some guys took ownership of the deal, too. Some of the newer they, Vols took ownership of the deal. They had they had to come from behind three times this weekend. Yeah, that's right. Successfully. Yes. Yeah, Evan, I, I thought Saturday was big for them. They, they had a lead. Uh, you know, so far we'd kind of been a front-running team that staggered when people put us uh, uh, in a deficit. Uh, and you, you've got a lead. It looks comfortable. All of a sudden you give it away, and then you have to perform in the late innings. And uh, uh, we may look back and say that that Saturday, ga- Saturday game was the fork in the road for this Tennessee baseball team. Yeah, and our bullpen was incredible. Um, being able to stop the bleeding. Um, Andrew Lindsay, I thought, was the pitcher of the weekend based on uh, just stuff-wise and his performance. He he looked like he was an animal up there. Um, So I I think as the bullpen continues to get stronger, stays healthy, I mean, it's going to be multiple games like that that we're at least going to have a chance. When you're catching and you see a deal... Are you concerned about... Yeah, are you concerned about Connell? No, no, I'm not. Um, Kirby, Kirby's a guy. He's, he's, everyone knows what he's going to be. Um, you know, he's, he's not rattled by big situations. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still human. Right? You know, yeah. a bad outing doesn't really define him in my, in my opinion. Um, but he's a matchup guy. Um, and, and that's what he's really good at. He's going to come in and get some big time left handed hitters out. Um, be able to stop the bleeding whenever it gets, um, pretty out of hand at times, and, and and he's very good at what he does. So um, I, I think he's a great tool to have. He let that kid wiggle off, too, um, from an 0-2 count, and he walked a 154 hitter, which that ain't going to happen a lot. That kid, that, kid no. Had no, that kid had no intention of hitting the baseball there that he walked, which happens. It's the sport. Yeah, and, and Kirby's not going to be the guy that continues to do that. Right. You know? Um it was clear he was disappointed, but uh, you know what you're going to get with him. He's going to pound the zone, yep. mix and match, and, I mean, you got to have him. Stuff's funky, man. Stuff's coming out of his hands is funky. And I know everybody wants to see the power pitcher, but the thing about that those those wacko, crazy uh, lefties like him is there's always going to be a place for those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, just that funky, nasty... You don't want to face him stuff. He's, you know, we call him, we, we started calling him Volley Fingers on here. He, he told me on the air, he said, you guys gave me that um, nickname. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. So you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? 
experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Hi, Jimmy Elliott for Columbia Ace Hardware. I want to invite you to the grand opening of our garden center, Saturday, April 29th. Come check out our great selection of fruit trees, hanging baskets, ferns, and garden plants. We'll have those things you need to get your garden growing. There'll be lots of activity that day, grilling demos from our Big Green Egg and Traeger experts, free giveaways with your garden center purchase, and Bree's homemade ice cream will be there to take care of your sweet tooth. The doors open at 8 a.m., 112 East James Campbell. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. 
for a fun event to take the family to, Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. The mules are back in town. Plan now to attend all four days of Mule Day 2023, Thursday, March 30th through Sunday, April 2nd. The arts and crafts and flea market activities take place at Murray County Park Thursday, Friday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sunday hours are 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. The arts and crafts area consists of over 100 vendors with a variety of items that are all handmade by the crafters. You'll find quilts, pottery, ironworks, woodworking items, coins, and much more. Over at the flea market, you'll find 70 more vendors selling a variety of items such as sunglasses, toys, games, clothing and accessories, western apparel, cowboy boots and hats, decor, and lots more. Be sure to stop by the arts and crafts and flea market areas during your visit to Mule Day 2023, March 30th to April 2nd, right here in Columbia. Visit muleday.com for a complete schedule of events. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.